0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sidious Mag podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I get the chance to chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. I've been blown away by all of the support in recent weeks for the show. A quick thanks to anyone who has taken the time to leave a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. Just last week, we managed to get this running show in the top 25 of all sports podcasts on Spotify and in the top 40 on Apple Podcasts. We love giving the listeners a shout-out when they leave a review, so if you do so, leave your Instagram handle, and I'll have a Sidious Mag sticker mailed out to you. The Sidious Cafe shirts are all gone, but I'm going to come up with some more giveaway ideas very soon, so stay tuned on that. If you want your review to be read, leave us a five-star review and let us know why you love this podcast. This week's review comes to us from Polska Bialo-Cherwoni, who wrote, The best running coverage, the podcast and coverage of track and field enrich my running obsession constantly. The Olympic Trials Marathon broadcast was absolutely fantastic. My wife, a running newbie, said within five minutes, these guys are awesome. Truly excellent coverage of all things track and field. Thanks, Sidious Mag. I love that. We consider all of our listeners and supporters our friends, even if we've never met them in person. We love getting to meet people in person at our group runs or any sort of track meet that we're in attendance. I bet there's also a few people out there whose significant others are like, You're listening to those guys again? We're just that passionate about all things track and field. The Sidious Mag Podcast is supported by Bandit Running. Bandit is a performance-running brand based in Brooklyn, New York. We worked with them last fall around the Chicago Marathon, and I still get a ton of compliments on my custom Sidious Mag Bandit hoodie. Founded in 2022, Bandit just had nine athletes compete in the marathon trials, and they told their stories via a documentary-style series on YouTube called Dialed. Check those out on the Bandit Running YouTube channel if you're into some quality running storytelling. They also just relaunched their membership, a program that enhances your relationship with Bandit via early access to product, discounts, exclusive events, gear, content, you name it, the membership has got it. For a limited time, Sidious Mag podcast listeners get 20% off the membership and any product if it's your first time order by using code Sidious20 at checkout. That's Sidious20 at banditrunning.com. Thanks to Bandit for supporting the podcast. My guest for today's episode is Zach Panning, a marathoner for the Hanson Brooks Distance Project. He just finished sixth at the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials in two hours, 10 minutes, and 50 seconds. But that doesn't tell the full story. He went for it and found himself at the front of the race by mile five and led for about 17 miles of the whole thing. Eventually, Connor Mance and Clayton Young pulled away and made the team. Panning was left on his own to fend off a challenge from a charging Elkanah Cabet, Leonard Career, and CJ Albertson. Those three guys managed to pass him in the final three miles. Panning made that race. He fell short, but was still. Super proud of his effort in the interviews afterward. Almost two weeks since the race, we decided to check in to see how he was feeling and how he's going to take that as a major learning opportunity for future marathons. So without further ado, here is Zach Panning. All right, and now we welcome on Zach Panning to the of mag podcast a couple days removed i guess at this point it's been almost 2 weeks since the us olympic marathon trials i literally pulled up your strava right before this to see if you'd gotten back to running <laughs> still enjoying the break yeah yeah we,
1: i've i've done some light jogging uh just to i hate that first run back especially after like a 2 week break um so yeah done some light jogging so that doesn't feel quite as bad but nothing nothing that i've uploaded yet so
0: Nice. So the last I think a lot of people saw of you was probably during the race broadcast, as you know, Clayton and Connor start to pull away. But then even after that, if fans wanted to hear more from you, which like there have been a bunch of requests that we've gotten to get your side of the Olympic marathon trials, it's you had a pretty awesome interview, I would say, afterwards in the mix zone. And I know like a place like that, the feelings are just so fresh and you probably don't have all your thoughts in line. And so that's why I reached out to, you know, kind of get your recap of that day in Orlando here, now that you've had some time to process things. And the biggest thing that stood out to me from watching that interview was you just repeated the phrase, you were proud and just proud of how you ran that race. And proud of going for it, proud of you know making the moves that you did. Maybe there's a couple tactical mistakes, but overall, you you had nothing but pride for that race. So now that we've had you know twelve days since, how are we feeling?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm still feeling those same feelings. I'm proud. Like obviously, um, I'd rather I'd rather be an Olympian than than feel proud of uh, a race where I failed. Uh, but um, you know. Uh, I think I learned a lot and, and it, it was something that, that I'd prepared for mentally to, to do what I did um, because I figured that there was a chance that I would probably have to do something like that um, to, uh, to try and make the team. And so um, yeah, just proud that I took the, took the chance and, and uh, bet on myself a little bit and uh, came up short, but, but yeah, I, I would say those feelings are, are still there. Just just pride and and um, excitement toward, for what's next. I I think I think this sets me up really well um, for the next four years. I, that was the other thing. It's kind of really lit a fire in me, um, and I'm I'm really excited to make it back in four years and and uh, hopefully learn from from the mistakes that I potentially made and and better the result.
0: One other thing that stood out was as you're sitting there talking to or standing there talking to the reporters, like there are some of your fellow competitors just kind of patting you on the back or, you know, just acknowledging that like, hey, you know, great, great effort out there. And even Connor, I think at one point came over. uh, And so you had the respect of your competitors for going for it. What has the public reception been? Obviously we see the comment section flooding when it's an appreciation post for, you know, everything that you did out there, but I guess like, you know, behind the scenes, those DMs, those text messages, what has the reception been after the race for you?
1: Yeah, it's it's been really incredible. That's one thing that's made it um, you know, a little bit easier to uh sort of get through is is just the the love that has been uh sent my way uh for what I did and and um yeah, I'm still trying to catch up with, with everything. Uh, I'm not a great texter and replier, uh, on the, the DMS and and that stuff in general. And so now it's, it's like, it's like a marathon in itself, trying to, trying to catch up with all that stuff. So, uh, but it's been really cool. It's, it's, I feel really special. Um, and it's, it's humbling and, and makes me excited for what's next
0: in the weeks leading up to the race, we had a check-in with you that an interview that Kyle did that ran in the lap count. And at that point you'd been in Florida for a couple of weeks preparing for the race. And even speaking about how, you know, you've done a lot of workouts solo and you were very confident in your fitness. So if we start sort of, you know, that Saturday morning or even in the days leading up to it, how are you feeling in terms of just like your confidence and then assembling this race plan with, I guess, with, with your coaches, you, you took it early so I guess that morning waking up you know how were you feeling
1: uh i was I was excited i was I think I was just chomping at the bit to to get going it was my first trials uh in 2020 I was in Atlanta watching and like that was uh enough to light a fire that I wanted to be competing in the next one and, and uh be a part of this um and so yeah i was I was really excited going in i I felt really fit. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd been preparing, uh, cause we'd kind of talked about a race plan like that leading up to it for, you know, a couple of weeks. And so I, I had to wrap my mind around, okay, Zach, like if, if, uh, if this race goes out the way that we think it may, um, you're going to be leading the trials and it could be for a, a really long time. Uh, and so that took a while to, to really like. Except, I think when that that race plan was first uh, sort of talked about the potential for that race plan, and so uh, by the time race morning came, I I think I was ready to just do it and and run free and and like I, like you said, I'd I'd been training a lot in that way where I was doing workouts uh, with teammates, but um, where I, I was leading and and doing a lot of the work by myself, and so. Uh, I was ready and excited for that that task.
0: When I feel like at this point, like I'm starting to get like the oral history of how this race race played out from talking to just every one of the top competitors. And on the women's side, you know, there was this buzz that you know Kira and Emily were going to be working together. Now, this race plan of yours, how close did you keep those cards to your chest? Because the way Clayton and Connor prepared, it was like they you know, had basically a mental checklist of athletes that they were going to cover the moves of, you know, up to a certain pace if someone went for it. And even when I spoke to them back in October, they had said that one of the guys that they'd be watching was you because, you know, they felt that your world championship performance in Budapest in the heat and the humidity was slept on. And then when you go, they quickly followed. Did you let anyone sort of know or was this sort of just you were the only person in that field who knew that if you had to fall on the sword of going to the front you were going to do it
1: yeah I think I think that was just it was kind of just a me and me and Kevin and uh my wife knew and uh Kevin or Nancy what Kevin's wife knew and so we, we went out to dinner uh and kind of talked about that probably two weeks before just he wanted me to to realize and, and sort of wrap my mind around the fact that you could potentially be leading for quite a bit of the race. And that's not because we were chasing the two hundred eight ten or anything. It's just, uh, we felt like that was the best way to, to be in the top three and, and make the team. And if we ran two hundred eight ten, which we felt we were capable of doing on a great day, uh, that's, that's a nice little added bonus, but, um, I, I had prepared for it and, um, yeah. I hadn't, I don't really talk to a lot of people. Like, uh, we ran down there in Florida, uh, a couple times with, with, uh, different people, uh, Connor and Clayton were down there and, and we got a run in with them one time, but yeah, I don't, I don't really talk race plan too much. I, I try to just have fun leading into the races. And then, you know, when the, the gun goes off, then it's, it's work time. So, uh, it's, that's, that's how I like to keep it. Just, just light.
0: The atmosphere in Orlando made it just so easy to get caught up in the excitement. And then you end up in the front at mile four or five. It was that early. At that point, like, how do you mentally keep yourself from getting overly excited and realizing that, oh, man, like, it's happening. The the plan is in order.
1: Sitting here a week and a half after, um, it's easy to kind of say, like, oh, I, I wish I had gone... Two miles later, three miles later, uh, I wish we had adjust the paces a little bit. But yeah, like that was one thing that if I if I have any regrets, it's it's those moments where I just got a little too excited. Uh, I remember specifically like coming back towards the city. Uh, there was this huge crew of like Brooks people it was real close to the Hyperion house and they were just screaming their heads off. It's right before it's like probably about a mile before you turn on to uh, the The finishing road there. Uh, and each, as I'm looking at my splits after the race, uh, those miles seem to be, you know, five, five or six seconds too quick. Um, and just, just those moments, like you don't, you don't really prepare yourself for just running through this, this sea of people that are just screaming. And, and it, it, it is really easy to get a little excited, especially when you're, when you're leading and, and that, pacing is, is on you. And so, uh, a lot of the runs that I've been on leading up to the race were really quiet. Um, and, and that was a a new variable for me. So, uh, something, something that I'll really have to pay attention to moving forward, just not letting myself go, uh, with the excitement that's, that's swirling around me. So it was, I have to say like Orlando was, was awesome, uh, for that reason. Like, uh, while I'm saying it, it was a, bad thing because i got excited i think uh just the atmosphere um i'd never been in something like that and so uh it was so cool to see so many crazy running fans um that you know came out and were excited to be a part of of the trials
0: because i guess that that's got to be the one of the first times in a race that like it's for you And like, that takes a bit to absorb because yeah, you run a major marathon like Chicago, but you're usually in a pack of people and like they all the people on the streets are mostly cheering for the masses. And obviously, you know, whatever's happening at the very front end of the race. But this time, like it was all directed to you. The nerves wise, like did at any point it come over you?
1: Honestly, the nerves weren't too much of a factor. Like, obviously there's like, There's always doubt creeping in. That's just part of part of running. Like, am I going to be able to like, I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, And so that was part of it. But nerves, I don't think so. Like it was so much fun. I I was having a ton of fun. I I couldn't keep from like smiling and just just enjoying, uh, you know, doing what I was doing.
0: Yeah, that was the second most common word that you threw out in the post race interview was that it was it was fun for you the whole time. Were there any other little things just kind of thinking of how, you know, Clayton was doing the hats and the bottles. And for you, I guess that your hat was getting a lot of chatter in our, you know, live stream. Did you have any tiny things that you were trying to work with to get, you know, that little marginal gain of, of an advantage on your competition?
1: The, the hat and the sunglasses were uh, obviously I think, staying out of the sun as best you can. Uh, that's another thing that um, I didn't really expect too much. I think we, we prepared really well, I think, for the heat, just being down there. Uh, it, it wasn't super hot the whole time we were there. And so, uh, you know, we were throwing on extra layers and all that good stuff. But uh, in the race itself, um, not too much other than the hat. Uh, I uh, ran the world championships in Budapest this year, and um, so I kind of – knew what to expect in the heat. Uh, and, uh, one of the things that I felt really helped me in that race was the sponges. And so, and just dousing myself in water. Uh, and so that was one thing that I made sure to do at every, every water station is grab a a bottle of the water, just dump it on me, um, and take some sponges and, and do the same. And so, yeah, nothing, nothing that I was, uh, sliding into a, a thermos like Clayton or anything, but, uh, uh, but yeah, the water I thought was a huge thing.
0: I guess you're one of the first people who can speak to this. Elkina had a rough day in Budapest, but how did Budapest compare in conditions wise to Orlando? Would you say one was not as hot or easier than the other?
1: The thing about Orlando was it was super sneaky. I think like, um, Budapest, uh, you were there like you stepped outside and it was you're sauna. like, okay, like we have to adjust everything and it, it's going to be hot and it's going to be humid. Um, and that's what we expected. I think going into Orlando, uh, starting at, at noon and even at 10, uh, we expected that to be very similar to that. Um, I think it was like, it was sneaky because it, it was cool at the start and it was fairly cool throughout, but it, it, it ramped up pretty quick. Uh, and I think the, the toughest part was just the sun. Uh, and that's something that you don't really expect necessarily. Like the humidity and the heat is what's gonna get me. And I felt like it was it was just the the sunlight that that zapped me more than anything. And so, um yeah, no, the other thing was it, it was it was really dry, which was surprising for Florida. Um I felt like like I said, I was dousing myself and in in Budapest, I got to the end, uh, you know, the end of the race and through, through each station, and I was just soaked the whole time, just soggy and gross. But in in uh, Orlando, I felt like I was drying up uh, between each of those water bottle stations. And so that was a different, different feeling, uh, the dry heat as opposed to that humid uh, heat that you definitely just feel and it sticks on you. Uh, and so I think it was a, just a little bit under-the-radar heat.
0: When you're up in the front, I know there's less talking at races like this than there is at a Chicago or anything like that, but did you, did anyone ever say like, Hey, you need any help up there? Or did you ask for any sort of help to share the lead or, you know, it was solely on you pressing from the front for the longest time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, didn't ask for any help. Um, and I felt comfortable doing that. Like, uh, I went to a division two school and even in college, like even in high school, I, I did a lot of just like front running, like it, it's kind of like a style for me, I'd say, like, I don't never trusted my kick in high school or college or anything. And so I always try to try to run it out of people. Um, and obviously, the marathon's a lot different, uh, where, you know, the kick is hypothetically be run, run out of everyone. Uh, and so it's not as big of a, an issue. But uh, I just feel comfortable up front. I feel a lot of times when when I'm working out with people, um, when I am leading a rep versus when someone else is leading a rep, I feel so much better. Um, and typically, accidentally run a little too quick, uh, but it it just it just feels better for me to to be up front. Um, and so, yeah, I felt comfortable. Honestly, I didn't know a lot of what was going on behind me. The best place to do that was where we did the u turn uh and so in those moments i'd kind of kind of look back a little bit and and just see where people were but yeah like the the last loop i was really surprised uh that it was down to to three ish and four kind of and so i didn't ask for help but uh but yeah that, that's another thing that you know we'll look at and and figure out but i i felt really comfortable and i think next 4 years it's just working on being able to being strong enough to continue that for the last several miles
0: the presenting sponsor of the Sidious Mag podcast is Olipop you know we've been pounding Olipop for over a year now 2023 was a track season to remember and Sidious Mag was able to be there for all of the big moments thanks to the incredible support of Olipop what has become known as the Runner Soda isn't just a great companion for pregame shows or post race shows, or if you're just watching at home and wanna crack a can of Pop open yourself, it's good for you too. It's a prebiotic soda with nine grams of fiber, which is 32% of your daily needs, that only has two to five grams of sugar and helps your digestive health in a way that a threshold workout never could. We love it because there are 15 incredible flavors that will keep your body refreshed and ready to go for the next workout. My current favorite is Lemon Lime. Caitlin Tui's number one flavor is Ginger Lemon. There are other great flavors like Vintage Cola, Tropical Punch, Orange Squeeze, Cherry Vanilla, and I'm hearing rumors of another one coming soon. Sidious Mac podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders by using code sidious 25 at checkout at drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and most recently, they just got added to Costco. So pro tip there. Next time you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop, you won't be disappointed. Drink code Sidious25. It's so interesting to realize that like someone like you was not attuned to anything happening behind them from the moment you know you guys break, galen Rupp and some people are dropping off when it dwindled down to four to you know when it, it, collie was up there with you guys and then even the high five with clayton and connor like you no awareness of any of this you've gone back and watched it now right
1: so i watched like part of it and then i was like eh, i don't really
0: yeah
1: I, I will at some point but um yeah i i haven't watched the whole thing yet but yeah, I I had no idea. the 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 only moments were really just the those sharp turns where I could kind of get a, a quick glance, but um, it always felt like a ton of people behind me. Um, I always felt like I was being chased. Tried to keep clicking off those those four forty eight to four fifties, and and uh, like I said, I got a little excited a couple miles, but um, it's the trials. It's just gonna happen, I guess.
0: When you said it was fu- it was fun. I'm assuming that runs out at some point. At, when did it start to get hard? And, you know, I think of it as like, you know, a gas tank. At some point, like it started to go towards empty. When did that start to, when did you start to feel that?
1: There's always moments, I think, in a marathon. You've run them before. There's, there's always those ups and downs. Uh, and you just try to try to push through those moments. Um, but there, there's a, a long, steady hill on the way out. And, uh, I think there I was like, okay, like about six miles to go, seven, seven or six miles to go. And, and, uh, starting to, to hurt a little bit, obviously. Uh, but I, I was still really confident in that moment. Uh, and then we, we make the turn and, and pop out into the sun on, uh, Crystal Lake or whatever road that is. Um, and Connor and Clayton come and pass me, uh, and they're, they were super great uh, with that. They wanted me to to keep keep running with them, and, and I think stuck with me for a little bit uh, for that reason. Uh, and then I think the the worst moment for me, I would say, was that last bottle station. Um, I think I think it was just because I had been past and and I was so used to being the only like it's just me and the bottle, me and the bottle, and so uh, that became pretty easy for me. And then uh, with with those two in front of me. Um, it, I just ended up bottle, bottling the bottle and, and losing that, uh, tried to grab some power aid. Um, and that just didn't really sit too well after, after 22 miles. Um, and so then, then things started to, that's just like a mental, like more than anything. I, obviously there's some physical effects as well, but, uh, mentally that, that kind of breaks you a little bit. Uh, tried to, tried to keep rolling with them for, another mile or so and then um really started fading after that
0: they shared a bottle and connor missed it at the very beginning no offer
1: i don't think they saw it i don't think they knew okay. that i missed it i thought about asking um but i know if I, I like putting myself in those shoes i i especially at 22 we only have six of those bottles they're really important uh and so i didn't want to want to ask them for that and immediately i was thinking the martin gels uh, Mm -hmm. but they weren't at that bottle station they were at the the next like uh community bottles and by that point i kind of had forgotten (laughs) about wanting to grab one of those and so yeah i i thought about asking and i'm sure they would have they would have been super accommodating but it's it's a spot on the olympic team on the line and and so i i didn't feel like like bothering them for that.
0: It's so crazy how a marathon all of a sudden becomes super mental in the last 10k. Connor talked about the awareness of just the math, the rankings, the time, and even if the 3 of you had gone all the way to the finish line together, you you had to if you would have gotten in the top 2, and Clayton was third with, you know, and Mance was second, but the time was over to 1110. Then only you and Connor would have been assured. And so that's why they were sort of doing a lot of that math and discussion out loud. Is your brain also just like, just get me to the next mile? Or are you like in agreement with what's happening about, you know, all the shuffling? Because at the end of the day, we do feel Lenny's going to be in a good position to make the team for third place. So were you thinking, about all any of that stuff or was it just survival mode at that point
1: i felt like the top three were gonna go um and that's kind of what we discussed whole 12 week build leading into it um we're not super worried about the rankings like these things are going to figure themselves out just focus on being top three um and so that that's all i was thinking like once those two passed me and started to fade off into the distance it was just like okay like get to the line uh And, you know, obviously the wheels completely fell off probably the last, the last mile or so. And so, um, that became tough, but, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say we were, we were thinking that's too much thinking for me. I would say, I just, just want to go out there and run.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So then obviously, all right. NBC cameras start following the top two guys and we lose sight a little bit of what happens in your, in your position. What did happen at that point where, you know, eventually Elkina and uh and Lenny are the ones who come charging. Could you sense that was coming?
1: I figured it was coming. Okay. Uh I I was telling myself with like about ten K to go, I was like someone someone had said that we had like I don't know, like thirty seconds or so. And so I was just like, if you can run five flat to five tens the rest of the way, like I think that is going to do it because I'm sure that while they're probably it feels like they're charging, uh, it's hard to to charge unless you're CJ Albertson. It's hard to charge, you know, under five minutes. Which pace. He
0: was like, yeah, he also was coming home steaming.
1: Yeah, he was. Um, and so, yeah, I was telling myself, just try to maintain even 510 and you have a chance. Uh, and I think that probably would have ended up doing it. I mean, when they passed, it felt like they were going 80 miles an hour past me, and uh, that that was tough. But um, again, Orlando brought me home. I would say um, it was that last mile was just so many people just screaming. Um, I turned onto uh, the the finishing road there, and and it was just deafeningly loud. I could see the finish line way off in the distance. It felt like and Gibson, uh, as far as a straightaway into the finish. Um, and so I was just like, get there. And yeah, it, it was a tough, tough last mile.
0: You cross the finish line. and mean, you know, at this point, you see the guys with flags draped over them. And then eventually you make your way to the shoot. They found you, I think, at some point to say something, even if it was briefly, but you made that race and they acknowledge it, I think.
1: Oh, uh, they're really cool. Like even, even Jared and, and Ed came up to me and just, yeah, basically said that, you know, I made the race, uh, and that, that feels good. Obviously I'd rather be an Olympian than, uh, have made the race. That wasn't my plan, uh, obviously. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, those guys, great guys, great guys, uh, all around. Um, and you know, like I said, when they passed me, they were, saying words of encouragement to me. They, they wanted me to stick on there with them. Uh, and so uh, I felt the love from them, which is, which is nice. And, and I'll be, I'll be cheering for them uh, from my couch here uh, in August for sure. So they, they're great guys. Like I said, we, we ran together um, a couple, one, one time in, in Florida before the race and just had a good time with them. And, and I'm excited for them.
0: I, I'm just blown away by the, Humility and like just how well most of those guys who immediately missed the team, I guess, have handled this yourself, Elkana, even, you know, CJ's interview afterwards was like, you know, he's shell-shocked because he was finishing closing so hard that he felt like, you know, he's replaying that race, looking for, you know, the 10 or 15 seconds he needed somewhere out there. You left it all out there. You got your flowers from, you know, your competitors any point did you did it really sting and you break break down you, you you were very composed in the mix zone but was it at the hotel or just afterwards reuniting with family that you let it go a little bit
1: yeah i think there have there've been some moments where like oh man like i worked so hard and and i wanted it so bad uh but at the end of the day i think it it's it's more about uh you know the journey and just the fact that like I look back and I was not supposed to be here. Really cool that I've been able to use this gift from God to, to just break through walls. I think that, that as a freshman in high school, I thought would never be uh, a possibility for me. And so I I try to focus on that process Uh and as opposed to the outcome, I think I did everything in my control, maybe made a few mistakes, but, um, you know, I was prepared and, and I laid it all out there. And, and when, when you've done that, there's, there's not much, you can be super upset about obviously the result stings and you want a different result. Um, but it's, it's something that just continues to fuel the fire. And so, um, you know, like I said, I was, I was in Atlanta watching on the sidewalks. Um, here I was a a player in the race and, uh, now it's just focused on, on 2028 and just continuing to get better each and every day. Um, that's been my focus since I started running was just being faster, um, today than I was yesterday and, and just cross checking off all those boxes to, to do that. And so, Focusing on on that process, I think, makes the outcome not easy to get get over, but um, it makes it more bearable, uh, knowing how far you've come and and how far you still
0: have to go. You've brought up freshman Zach, <laughs> and you know, even in the lap count interview, you talked about you know how now you weigh less than you did in high school. Because back then you were 165 pounds, a little bit shorter, playing fullback, played <laughs> hockey. And then after the race, this photo that you tweeted, you know, a couple of years back resurfaces, ends up going viral. What's the story of the photo of you running cross country as a chubby little boy?
1: I don't I don't know who took that picture, uh, but it it's probably some mom that was uh on the team. Uh but yeah i found it in my house one time like my parents house and i i knew that i was chubbier and a little bit bigger in that those moments but actually seeing that picture uh i think i tweeted it in like 2016 uh but is yeah it's it's been something that that i like to show people just to to show like you know never never count yourself out um because with those those steady incremental increases in, in, uh, in performance and those, those days that you continue to get a little bit better each and every day. Um, you know, you, you slowly climb that ladder, that staircase, and, uh, these huge dreams at one point that are now goals for me, uh, become a reality because of just that hard work each and every day.
0: You know, there's high school coaches out there who've now printed out that tweet and like maybe a photo from the trials and like, you know, you can go from this to that. And I'm so glad to hear that, like, you know, the Olympic dream is still alive. Something that you've said in the past, you know, really kicked off after running well in Chicago in 2022 now you've got this vision going forward. I can't think of a better athlete or or an athlete with more chips on his shoulder. Still, you know, you've got your Grand Valley State email still active when I had to send this <laughs> Zoom invitation to you. You pride yourself, you know, as a D2 alum. You look back at, you know, the chubby photos. And now you've got, you know, the sixth place finish from the Olympic trials to motivate you. I mean, you're looking pretty dangerous here. What is sort of this next opportunity to keep the Olympic dream alive. Are we thinking 10 K? I always like
1: to, and so does Kevin just like to supplement those marathons with some speed in between. And, and, uh, I think as long as I am excited about running on the track, that's something that I I really want to do. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we'll, we'll hop on the track and, and, uh, try to, try to run fast for a little bit. Um, and then see what happens in the fall. But, Uh, Definitely, this spring and summer we'll we'll change things up, get get aggressive and and have some fun with that.
0: Yeah, last year you went to London, the on track nights meet that was taking place out there, the night of the ten k's. Potentially going back there this time around, the ten seems a little bit soon. Sarah Hall, Kira Damato already jumping on the track to give that one a shot. I guess for you, how much time do you need before you feel like, all right, you know, I'm going to get the speed back. the The aerobic base is there. Um, how do you and, and Kevin and, uh, and Keith approach this?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, I think every marathon is different. I've, this is my, this was my fourth. And so, um, the, the first three, I felt a little different coming back each time. I think, uh, sometimes it, it takes a little bit to get those legs under you again. Um, but I, I'm excited and, and that's, that's, I think a big part of it is just, uh, being, being excited and, and, uh, you know, wanting to, to, run on the track and, and run fast. And so, yeah, I think London would be, would be a lot of fun. Again, I, I, uh, we've talked about doing that. Um, and so, uh, that would be pretty awesome. That's I think in May. Uh, and so that would be, that'd be plenty of time, but, um, we're also, we always do a, uh, we always like to focus on the team events and we're, we're heading to the Shamrock shuffle. Everybody that ran the, the trials will be in Chicago. Uh, for the Shamrock Shuffle this year. Try to try to bring back the the hardware from that. So that'll be fun. I always love doing that as well. Just still being able to run cross country as a team. Um, that was another thing. Uh, you know, as a freshman, I think at first running just really sucked. I hated it. Um, but what kept me coming back was the people that it introduced me to, um, who I'm still friends with today. And and so. Anytime I I have an opportunity to run as a team and, and focus on that, that team side of things is is it's huge for me. It's something that I love doing and I love being a part of. Uh because like I said, it it kept me around and and uh really helped me fall in love with the running itself.
0: All right. One of the final things I wanted to ask you about is this is your opportunity now to brag on Division Two. Dakota Lindworm makes the team. You guys we're in division two at the same exact time, right?
1: Yeah, honestly, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Um, uh, Unfortunately, that's shame on me uh, for not knowing that until after the race. But yeah, that that's incredible. Um, There's a lot of, lot of great D2 athletes. Um, It's, it's exciting to see. Um, I think the, the beautiful thing about division two is uh, the experience that you gain from uh, such a young age. Like uh, I think, running at those national meets um, as a freshman and sophomore uh, were huge for just gaining, gaining the experience in those moments. And, and uh, I, I would venture to guess that Dakota would say the same, just that it's, it, it was huge for that experience. And um, yeah, I love my, my time at Grand Valley. Uh, I'll be a Laker for a lifetime. Uh, you joked about the email. I always, I always tell people I paid a lot of, a e- lot of money for that email, so I'm not going to give it up. Uh, uh-huh. so, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love, love my time there. So
0: it it's, it's funny because when you did send over the email, I was like, oh, this, you know, I usually get this from like people who have gone <laughs> to Cornell or Harvard or whatever it is, but I love that the D2 pride is still, still alive. Um, so yeah, Zach, I appreciate you taking the time for this and being just so open and candid about your experience at the 2024 u.s olympic marathon trials i'm sure you also converted so many people into becoming a fan of you just with the gutsiness that you attack the race and so i'm sure many people are looking forward to to your next one
1: awesome thank you chris i i love what you do for the sport it's so such a positive view on on everything and and it gives us a voice to uh to really show that and so thank you uh and thanks for letting me be a part of this
0: no, I appreciate it. We're not out. We don't have message boards They're you know, ripping you for leaving uh, the race in, in your <laughs> marathon simulator workout or anything like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Jasmine Fair. I love doing this for you guys, so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit cityusmag.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.